mythology about uh, the world. You know, we're distinguished gentlemen and uh, uh, benign aristocrats uh, uh, devoted to the public good and would make all the right decisions. Uh, soon learned differently. But uh, that was the model. That's the way, that's the original intent of our Constitution for those who are uh, interested in original intent, originalism. Uh, go back a little bit further and go back to, say, David Hume, one of the first great modern political philosophers. Uh, he wrote a book called The First Principles of Government. And in this, he, I'll quote him, he wondered at the easiness with which the many are governed by the few and the implicit submission with which men resign their own sentiments and passions to those of their rulers. When we inquire by what means this wonder is brought about, we shall find that as force is always on the side of the governed, the governors have nothing to support them for, uh, but opinion. It is therefore on opinion only that government is founded, and this maxim extends to the most despotic and most military governments, as well as to the most free and most popular. And in fact, in the more free and the more popular, uh, where force is less available, uh, you get the most sophisticated development of the notions of uh, manufacture of consent, engineering of consent, uh, public relations industry, and so on. Uh, and the educational system has to be enlisted in this enterprise. It's a very conscious policy. I'll return to the way it works in the modern period. Well, that's one point of view about whom education is for. Uh, another alternative point of view, including high culture, is that it's for everyone. And there's interesting work on this. Uh, one book I'd strongly recommend is If You Have Good Eyesight, a very tiny print unfortunately, is a book by a scholarly book by Jonathan Rose. It's called The Intellectual Life of the British Working Classes. It's a yes, sir. We are back for a bonus round in DF <laughs> University. <laughs> Although we didn't have anything to talk about a minute ago. <laughs> um, we came to a fork in a row. Um, I understood what you said, that voting... And you can correct me if I'm wrong. You said that uh, voting was the method in which uh, they reached the three-fifths compromise. No, um, what I was what I was saying was I was talking about the importing the importance of voting, mm -hmm. and I was saying that um, voting historically has always been important. It was so important that. Um, when they decided to to allow, because in the beginning only uh, people who were landowners or people who were rich were the only people that could vote, because the founding fathers of the country did not believe that ordinary citizens of this country were intelligent enough to pick lead to pick a leader of the country, and coming from where they had came from, with break breaking away from um, Great Britain. And and um, the reason why they broke away from Great Britain was because they felt like they were not felt like, but there was taxation without representation. So they felt like they were paying taxes, but they didn't have a voice. And that that's what created the the the, the war 
and what created um, America. Because when they went to war and they broke away from Great Britain to create uh, America, they wanted to make sure when they when they got here that um, one of the things that they wouldn't have um, was taxation without representation. And so one of the key reasons why um, the first um, amendment was freedom of speech, because that, that was something that they didn't have. And so they made sure that when, um, when they said freedom of speech, when a uh, part of freedom of speech was to be able to say whatever you want, wanted to say without being pre- uh, pr- prosecuted. And so also in that freedom of speech was freedom of religion, to be able to worship the way that you want to worship, because you could, they, they couldn't do that in, in England. And so, because they, everybody had to adhere to the king and the queen, and they couldn't speak out against the king and the queen. And so that's why the, the first, that was one of the first, the, the first amendments. The second amendment was freedom to, to bear arms. And freedom to bear arms meant that they would be able to protect their freedom of speech, right? And so I'm, I'm, so I'm saying all that to, to talk about, to, to get into the, the whole voting piece. And so um, when they came up with the whole voting process, um, what they realized was when they started to allow a regular American citizens um, to be able to vote, they said, well, that's why they create, first of all, that's why they created the Electoral College. Because again, they didn't think that the regular American people were people that were intelligent enough to be able to select a leader. So they they came up with the Electoral College as um, an alternative if the um, if it, if it had to be decided, then the Electoral College, if it was a, a toss-up between the popular vote and the um, regular vote, then the Electoral College, who they felt like was the most intelligent, they will be the one that would determine who would be the leader of the free world. So now going back to um, as they started to uh, evaluate um, the voting process, um, during that time, they they still had slaves. So they said, well, if if we allow you all to allow your slaves to count, then, you know, you all going to um, have more votes than us. So if if the slave was not considered uh, a free person, then he didn't have the right of a free person. And then that slave could only be counted. His vote could only count three fifths. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, and that took place in 1787. All right. Um, from what I just read, it says that the um, in the U.S. Constitution, the Three Fifths Compromise is part of the Article One, Section Two. Clause 3, Section 2 of the 14th Amendment later superseded this clause and explicitly repealed the compromise. The compromise was um, argued by two and um, voted upon by two delegates delegates from the where are they from? I 
at the Constitutional Convention in 1787. Mm -hmm. Um, Those two delegates were James Wilson and seconded by Charles Pickney. So the three-fifths compromise was um, um, argued by two was argued before the Congress in 1787 and passed Mm -hmm. uh, by these two delegates, Mm -hmm. James Wilson and Charles Pickney. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see where that had anything. And that and that and that didn't change until 1865, 1868, right, right, with the 14th Amendment, right, right, with the right, right. I don't see where where that was voted upon by even white privilege. Yeah, that was voted. That was voted upon in the um, the House of Representatives during during that time. Right, but that has nothing to do with voting. That had You're everything to do with right. that it had everything vote. to do with voting. That what no, you, what, what it, you... it had it had everything to do with who would be able to vote. So that's but voting. It didn't, it, it didn't have anything to do with the voting process. Remember, I said that the voting process I'm all for. What I'm not for is voting for BS. Right, but and but 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 that but, but okay, I, I get what you're saying. What you have an issue with with voting. But what I'm saying is that had everything to do with voting. The right. whole fact that they're having a conversation about three-fifths of a vote has everything to do with voting. Not with voting. Um, what does it have to do vote, with if it's vote, not voting? Voting was only maybe a, um, a minority of the, the, the concern. The, the, the real reason for the three-fifths compromise was each state had to pay taxes. And you no, pay taxes. Brother, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll let you speak. Each state had to pay taxes. Now, I'm reading this right from Wikipedia. You can uh, go right back. Okay, well, well uh, bro, bro, listen, listen, listen. Listen, each state had to pay bro, taxes. Bro, listen, I hear what you're saying, but here, listen. I want so what you, am I saying? Okay, listen. Okay, b- before we get into a whole big blown argument, <laughs> I, I know that you like to take, I, I know that you read and take things verbatim and, and, and see it like that. What I'm trying to tell you, it's, it's very simple, is you, you're you trying to say it doesn't have anything with voting and it has to do with taxes. I'm telling you... No, that... I did not say that. Okay. That's okay. why I asked you to let me finish because I let you finish. But the three-fifth compromise was based on who would pay taxes at the state? The more people that you had, the more representatives for um, delegates in terms of that electoral college. That was correct. But it also was about taxes. How much of a population is going to determine how much taxes each state has to pay? Are you saying that 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 was not true? No, what I am saying is this, is that I don't want to get hung up on the taxes was a part, but it was not as much of a part. That's all I said. But listen to what I'm saying. Taxes was not as big of a deal in terms of the compromise as it was for the slave. Because 
the slave was the reason the, the, the reason of the whole argument was because of the slave and not so much of taxes. It, it's, it's because they had more slaves. And because they had more slaves, they could they, 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 they would always be more taxes. There would always be more X, Y, and Z. But the argument was not so much about the tax as it was about the individual and them reducing them in terms of being individuals and making them property. And that's why they said these people or these slaves cannot be considered full human beings. They have to be considered three-fifths of a human being. Yes, sir. Um, I'll read this paragraph and uh, we'll put it to the people and see what they think. Uh, the three-fifths compromise was a compromise, and I'm reading from Wikipedia. This is the opening paragraph. It's short and sweet. The three-fifths compromise was a compromise reached among state delegates during the 1787 United States Constitutional Convention. Delegates disputed whether and how slaves would be counted when determining a state's total population as this number would determine the state's number of seats in the House of Representatives and how much it would pay in taxes. Yep. The compromise counted three-fifths of each state's population towards the state's total population for the purposes of appointing the House of Representatives, yep. giving the, the southern states a third more seats in Congress yep and a third more electoral vote yep. than if slaves have been ignored, yep. but fewer than if slaves and free people had been counted equally. Yep. Yep. The compromise was proposed by Delegate James Wilson and seconded by Charles Pickney. Had everything to do with the slaves. Right, but not with the voting. How are you separating the two? Because I don't understand. I'm confused about how you're separating that. The, the, I'll the, read it again. I'll read but, it again. But, bro, bro, you, you don't have can to. Can I read it again? You can, but what, but what, but what's the point? My, my, because the, you, the, you can, you can write Wikipedia and tell them that. I don't have wrong. to. I don't, bro, I, I'm not saying that they're wrong. Bro, they are substantiating my point to me. They, 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 they are talking about the slave and the value of the slave. That determines, that determines the value of the vote. If only white men can vote, where, what is your point? It's not white men, it's free people. And, and what they're, and, and what and they're so, arguing is whether or not... So before, you're telling me that before 1868, free people could vote in the United States? Yes. Yes, that's what it says. And that's the whole argument of the three-fifths. They're saying that these people are not free people, so their vote can't count like free people. I'll send you the link. Bruh, I saw the link. Bruh. I, I, I know that whole link. But again, this it, the, 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 the essential of the argument is whether or not the, the people that are not free can have the same value of the vote of the people that are free. And they were saying that they, the argument was, no, they cannot. 
because they're not free people. So they so their vote does not value the same value as a person that's free. So they only get three fifths of a value of a vote. Well, here's where we can agree on that it was based on getting a number of delegates in the House of Representatives. And voting that's... again, it's voting. You know, it comes to voting, bro. You, <laughs> I know you don't like the whole idea of voting or whether or not it's relevant, but it still comes back to voting. All right, let me read you the background from the same passage. Okay. The founding fathers. Right. It almost, it almost, bro. You know what it feels like. Uh, you know what it feels like. It feels like um, someone reading from the Bible to me, trying to convince me that here's the literal blah 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 blah. Uh, this is what Jesus said. Blah 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 blah. I, 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 I understand that. I've read. I, I, I have read exactly what you read from Wikipedia. And from the Constitution, I'm very familiar with everything that you're reading. I, I get it, but and and I understand it. But it's like it's almost like watching a movie and 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 getting two different interpretations. I I see what you're reading. I see what you saw. I'm just saying that you are interpreting this one way. I'm interpreting this another way. I I understand what. what what it's saying. I'm just simply saying that it still goes back to voting. It's, it still goes back to voting. I don't, I don't know how you can argue whether or not it's, it's not going back to voting. It, at the end of the day, the essence of that argument is about is about voting. I don't understand why they wouldn't put that in the background well, or in you, the opening paragraph. You don't. I, I'm confused. You don't understand why they wouldn't. If 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 the three fifths compromise, uh, let me get this straight. You're saying that the three fifths compromise was about voting. Mm-hmm. That is incorrect, sir. Okay. And you're saying it's about what? It's about the delicate. Here, here's what the background says. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm just reading from the background. The founding fathers of the United States. This is just one sentence. This ain't going to take long. The founding fathers of the United States disputed the issue of slavery. Not voting. Founders from the South supported slavery due to their region's economic reliance on slave labor and their own racial prejudice. Others opposed slavery, arguing that liberty was fundamental to the new American government, but preferred uniting the North and the South over abolishing slavery. What part of that is about voting, giving you the right to vote? In fact, giving you the right to vote did not actually get voted upon by these delegates until 1868. You weren't even a concept Bruh, of being a voting participant, participant until bruh. 1868. Bro, you, 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 what you're saying doesn't make a this, sense this, to me. This occurred in 1787, right? Bruh, years before. Bro, what you're saying doesn't make it doesn't so make. How a is it about voting? I'm trying to tell you. 
that the whole argument about three fifths is about voting. That is incorrect. Okay. All right, look, you you, you got to go back to your profession. I, I don't, bro. I don't. I, I don't. And you know what? <laughs> we, we, bro, we we can we can agree to disagree. Yes, you sir. know it, because the the whole argument. If if I, I can't even entertain an argument with you if you're going to argue that three fifths three fifths doesn't have anything to do with voting. I'm I'm not even going to entertain that that type of conversation or that that argument because that 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 is a future. That's argument. not what I said, brother. You're not listening. No, you're not listening. I I started off by saying the whole three fifth compromise is about voting, and I said no. Okay, so then, brother, argument is 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 over because there's nothing that you can say to me after that if if you're going to argue with me that three fifths. Uh, 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 that the three field compromise is not about voting, right? Okay, it was so about slavery. Uh, okay, so look, bro, you, you, look, it, it, this conversation is going to go nowhere because because it, it sounds like you know to me it's not about being right or wrong. The three field compromises in and of itself is about the whole voting process. The whole three fifths was about if we allow these people that are slaves to have a regular vote then <laughs> how could they have a regular vote when slaves couldn't vote bruh but that was you, the whole you, art. you see the that, fallacy in your, no in, i don't what you're saying i don't i don't and what i'm trying to tell you is you're, that I, you're telling me you're, bruh, you're, the, please don't talk over me bro please let me finish yes sir okay so to have a reasonable argument is uh, you can say your part and i can say my part right so to if you talk over me, then we, we can't have a conversation. The, 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 the whole point of the three-fifths compromise was about whether or not if they gave the slave the regular right that a free person had, if they gave him the right to have that same voting privilege, then, it, then in the House of Representatives that, that they would win every time. So they said, you know what? we can allow them to have the same voting right. And so they said they could only, so the slave, because they wanted to count the slave vote. The South wanted to count the slave vote. And so what they said was, no, you can't do that. You can't give them the same right as a, as a free person. Because again, it goes all, the House of Rep, it, it's almost crazy to me to have the conversation to talk about the House of Representatives or to talk about the Senate, and then and then say that that that's not about voting. The whole the, the whole thing that just happened in Georgia and all these other places was about the was about voting. Everybody was voting because they wanted the the Senate to to, to to they they wanted the House of Representatives. The Democrats wanted to win the House of Representatives, and they wanted to win the Senate. It was all about voting. So again, we're talking about voting. The, the House of Representatives at that time was saying, look, you know, if you give these people the same vote, the same, the, the, the same power in the vote, that you all are going to win every time. So we're going to diminish their power in terms of voting. Hmm. And I'll let you win that argument, brother. I don't see I appreciate I you let me win, but I, that's that's no, it's, not, it's not, a fact. Not, I'm not being capitulatory. I I am saying I don't see 
how um, someone has uh, a right to vote before eighteen six before nineteen twenty. Right. What are you talking about? You just read the article of seventeen eighty seven. You right. just read that. And, that, and who, who but did you're they talking the right to vote? But Brad, you're talking about how are, I don't know how you're dismissing the the House and the Senate and saying that doesn't have anything to do with voting. I don't know. I, I don't know how you are, are are seeing that as a separate entity. How do you get a House or a Senate without voting? So, I don't understand that. So how was the first president? Uh, elected George Washington, yes, by a vote by who? By who the people, voted? but the people voted. Are you sure about that? I'm positive. Hmm. I'll do my research and get back to you on that, <laughs> bro. Let me tell you something not only, not only, not only did they vote for him to be president. But they were so in love with George Washington. Then let me tell you how crazy it was, right? It was so crazy that they loved George Washington so much, even though they had just broke away from Great Britain, the, the king and the queen. You know what they wanted to do with George Washington? What? They, wanted to, they wanted to make him a king. Hmm. They wanted to make him king. Hmm. Even though they had just broken away from the very thing that they had fought for to make this country this country. They were so in love with George Washington, they wanted to make him king, and 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 again, that's why the founding fathers of the country was like, they knew in building this country that the people of the country were so ignorant that they didn't want to give them power in in, in order to elect the king because they didn't feel like they were intelligent enough to do so. In fact, they in fact that when that when they were founding the country, not only did they feel like the people were not intelligent enough, they the educational system in the beginning only went up to the sixth and seventh grade. They didn't feel like people in the country needed to be that educated. They only felt like people that were rich and people that owned land were the only people that needed to be educated. So the educational system in the beginning of this country only went up to like the sixth or seventh grade. And then that was only white people. Hmm. So, so the founding fathers of this country did not trust the leadership of this country to the, to the, and this wasn't even black people. This was just regular dumb white folks. They didn't feel like regular dumb white folks were intelligent enough to choose a leader of the country. And even when they chose their first leader of the country, they wanted to make him king. And you can do your research on that. I'm trying to see where, where regular white folks got the ability to vote for George Washington and I don't see it. Well, I'll tell you what. When, when, when I, I know you like the Google, but there's far more research than Google. Google is not even considered a credible source. But, right. um, but, but if you just want to use Google for the sake of the conversation, that's fine. But um, um, I'm just saying that when you think about um, the whole argument of whether or not you want to value or devalue voting, voting has been a critical part of this whole country since this country has been in, in existence you know and and the fight for voting that's why the fight for voting has always been so critical right the 
you got to think about this, bro. And and I mean, you can not like the idea of voting. That's fine. I, I I get that. But women didn't even get the right in this country to vote until the 19th Amendment. That's right? what I said. So, 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 but what I'm saying is they were fighting for the right to vote when other people were voting. You know, and black people were fighting all the way up until 19, 1968. Right. A civil rights bill for voting. So what but 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 it wasn't, but if you even if you go back to the early 1800s and things like that, or or the, the Emancipation Proclamation, black people were fighting to vote and they were voting, but there were laws put in place to prevent them from voting. It wasn't that they couldn't vote, but there were discriminate discriminatory discriminatory laws that was stopping them from voting, right? So you had ancestors that were trying to vote and they were saying, oh no, you okay, you can vote, but you gotta be able to count the bubbles on the soap. You gotta be able to do X, Y, and Z. You gotta be able to prove blah, 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 blah. So it wasn't that black people weren't voting, they were discriminated against voting, but they were still voting. And they were still fighting and are to this day still fighting for the right to vote. Because there are still places that still discriminate against people from voting. So again, you can argue with me about whether or not you think voting is important, but voting has always been a part of the history of this country. And that's not my argument. My argument is for whom? Everybody in this country. Anybody in this country has a right to vote. If you are a citizen... If you are a citizen in this country, you have a right to vote. Since when? Now, since the beginning of time. Whether you were whether you were whether whether you were black, whether you were white, whether you were a woman, everybody in this country has been fighting for the right to vote. No, you and just said I, they had the right to vote. That's not no. That's not what I said. You, you said, said that since, it was the beginning no, of the I, country. I said no. I said since I said since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. people have been fighting for the right to vote, whether they had it or not. They have been fighting for the right to vote. They have been fighting for the right to vote even to this day, because everybody in this country understands and and. And and maybe you're a person that doesn't participate. I get that. But you can, and you justifying your right to do that, you have the right to not vote. And you can make the argument that this is bullshit. I get that. But you can't make that argument for everybody else. What I'm saying to you is, if you choose not to participate, fine. But you can't, but you can't, you, you, you can't diminish other people's right or desire to vote, or their fight for the vote in this country. If you choose not to do that, that's fine. But there are people in this country, men and women, people of color, people not of color, that have fought to for the right of for the right to vote. And I will say whether you agree or disagree, but any change in this country that has happened for people of color, for women, for gays, for whoever has come through the legal process. And what I'm saying is, if you're not voting, if it's not going to become law, and it's only begun, going to become law through voting, it's not happening in this country. 
every right that every black person has, every right that any any other uh, uh, persuasion in this country has, has come through the political arena. And if you want rights in this country, it is going to have to become law. And if it does not become law, it is not going to be respected. I understand the law. I don't understand the vote. You understand it. You just disagree with it. Perhaps. There's no way that you spend all the time that you spent working in, in the law arena and tell me that you don't understand the voting process and, and, and how that becomes law. There's, that would say to me that if you spent all that time in law and understanding how laws are, 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 are administered, that would say to me that you have not done your job. And I know better than that. So I know that you understand that if you want to make if, if you want to make something law, you understand that you're going to court and there's going to be, again, another vote. You're going to have a jury of your peers. You're going you're gonna to have a jury, period. And that jury is going to vote. There's no way to get around voting in this country. And, and, and if you work in the law arena, you under, you, there's no way you don't understand voting. Because everything comes to a vote. No lawyer, no person stands up and says, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. No, what you're going to do is you're going to go to court and you're going to face a judge and a jury and they are going to determine whether or not this is going to become law. And if this becomes law, this determines whether or not this is going to fly and this is not going to fly. So you do understand it. I'll... I think we have a problem of language rather than knowledge. Okay. And if we can get past the language, there is no question that the knowledge is there. The language is is the barrier. And um, I think you're associating voting with three-fifths is incorrect. I'm under, with, I, I, is that again? I think you're associating voting voting as the reason for the three-fifths compromise is incorrect. Bro, I don't, again, <laughs> I don't know what language, I don't know what language you're speaking. <laughs> But you, but whatever language you're speaking, <laughs> I, I don't know how you make that in, incorrect. I don't know how you not associate. All right, uh, so let me give you a scenario then. How okay. can we make this right? There has to be somebody we can speak to that we both respect to give us the final word. About what? The three fields compromise? Yeah. Why do we need a third party? What what is the third party is gonna get through the language to see if um because I don't think either one of us is wrong, but I think there's a language barrier because what you're saying 
is that the three-fifths Matter of fact, you said you put it on out in the universe. Let me hear what you're saying about the three fifths in voting. Mm-hmm. You can make your statement. I, I said the three fifths compromise had everything to do with voting. And I said that's incorrect. And I think okay. that's a language barrier rather than knowledge. Well, what's 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 the language barrier? I think we're both speaking English. What 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 are because what's, you're, what's you're the... giving a direct association between voting and the three-fifths compromise. And I don't think that the three-fifths compromise was about your voting as black people, as women, as even white people. It wasn't that type of a, an election for even George Washington, the first president. Bruh, I didn't talk about women or white people. Right. I was talking I was then, talking then who was voting? That's all I'm asking. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. It was white people voting about the slave. It was it was them determining the 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 capacity and the power of the slave vote. The slave That's didn't have a vote. The slave vote is not what doesn't have no, a I'm vote. Not. The slave doesn't have a vote. The, bruh, that's not what I said. That's what, what I you're said saying was out of your own that is, mouth, bruh. That's not what I said. What I just said to you clearly was it was the it was white people arguing about the vote of the slave. I didn't say the slave had a vote. You see, it was that's them determining. Now I get what bruh. you're saying. That you're, that, yeah. It's not. It, I, it's it's not language for me. It's language for you. I'm I'm very clear about what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the the. the the white people, the white man, was having a discussion among amongst themselves about the 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 value of the slave vote. The slave the slave didn't have a vote in this conversation. The conversation about the three fifth compromise was the value and the power of the slave vote. The slave, the, the, the slave didn't have but any there was, power. There wasn't any slave vote until 1878. So how could 100 years before that, 1787, could they be talking about the value of the slave's vote? Because the, because the landowners were saying, again, we're talking about the House of Representatives and the Senate, and they were simply saying, Look, if you guys in the South, that the South wanted to count their slaves, they wanted to, they they wanted to use their slaves in order to have more votes. And the North was saying, "No, you can't do that because you guys have more. You guys have more slaves than us, and if you do that, then you're gonna always win." So they said, "You you cannot count them." You, you cannot count the slave vote the same way you count a free person's vote. This was a gist of the argument. So isn't that an argument about delegates rather than voting? Bro, I swear to God, you just hate voting so much that you want to make this... This has nothing to do about... with voting is what I'm saying. But you're wrong in it saying has, that. Like... It, it has nothing to do with who votes or... or um whether you believe voting is powerful or not, I am talking about 
it was about delegates. It was about taxation for states. That all right, bro. All right, bro. You know what? We're gonna agree to disagree. I'm not even. So how can we settle up this? This uh... I don't, bro. You know what? I don't need to settle up. I'm I'm good (laughs) where I am. If 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 you if you if you want if that's where you want to be, because because it 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 sounds like you just want to be. Um, I don't know if the word is right, but you. I I think we have the assumption that 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 I'm saying. It, it uh, voting is going to be a downfall for people. No, but I, I, I think that you have a real disdain for voting, and I think that you don't want to give voting any validation. So, so that's not whatever, true. And I think well, that's, that's a that's a that's a bad assumption on your part. Okay, well that's what I'm hearing, and that that's why you're not hearing what I'm saying. You already come to the um, table with this perception, preconception, that I'm saying that voting is not valid. And that's not exactly what I'm saying. In fact, if you, if you go back and listen to this podcast sometime during this week, the first thing I said in the first segment was I believe that voting, I think it was the beginning of the second segment, that voting is proper. It's just that I don't believe in voting for frivolous things with that don't have power has anything to do with us. Yeah, so again, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, so much of what you're saying is so subjective in terms of you use the word I. I feel like this. I feel like that. That's fine. And, that, and that's fine. But you are not the determining factor in terms of what is frivolous and what is not frivolous, right? So then, and and but I think it's proper to put that where it is, and and to say that I feel like this, I subjectively, right? I, brother Douglas, feel this way, and that's fine. But it's not fine to speak for all black people that way. Right? I don't think I was when I was saying that. Okay, but I'm I'm just saying when you say that, but you use the word I. Right. You say, I feel like this and I don't feel like we should vote for things that are frivolous. I don't feel like we should do X, Y, Z. So I don't know how you're defining that. But when you say that, it sounds subjective. Right. It it sounds like you personally feel like you want to determine what is good and what is not good for black folks in terms of what they should be voting for. That That's what that sounds like. Does that make to you <laughs> okay well maybe to the listening audience I, you know I, I, I think I, I, I call that reverse uh, subjectiveness it but sounds like saying, that to you but 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 you're using the you're using, if I'm the, using word. the word I that's not we that's that's my personal opinion but that's what I said I said I, I don't I, I don't subjective. on everybody else that they have to listen to what I think is right. I get that, but what I'm saying is, when you say that, right? You, you, when you say I am my, even, if, if, even my, if I give a caveat before saying it as a precursor, hey, I'm not talking about everybody, nor am I talking about voting. Right. So, but, but, but what but I'm talking about say, is understanding and power, understanding power. 
Right, but again, I, listen, listen, uh, my, and my earpods are probably about to go out again. But again, when you say I, and when I say back to you, I'm just repeating what you're saying. And so what I'm saying to you is how other people are hearing what you're saying. When, so if you say, now I'm not talking about all people, I'm just saying I. And so then when I repeat to you that when you say I feel like this, all I'm saying to you is when you say that, you are speaking only for you. Understood. That make- it should automatically be understood. And even right. if it's not, if I give the, the the warning beforehand, even if you would come to that incorrect conclusion, you have that precursor that says, I'm just talking about me. This is what I think should be the power in voting. Right. It has nothing Again. to do with, with, with whether voting is correct or incorrect. It has everything to do with what is the effectiveness of voting. But not right. even and, that and... is the issue here. The issue here is if you're saying that this is based on this, I'm saying that I don't think that that is accurate. Okay. So again, it, it look, look, we watched the same movie, right? <laughs> we read, we, we read and the I same saw book. a chicken go across the screen. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And that's and that's and, and that's just it. You know, it's you, been you, another verbal chess match for some reason. Then uh, we'll get to the bottom of it maybe next week, brother. We're at the forty-three minute mark. We way over time. We violated the ears of our listeners. For that, I do apologize. Um, we are at an impasse. And no one can check each other on this one. And so we're going to leave it at that. Um, This is Black History Month. And uh, we're talking about trying to get past our issues as Black people and Black power thinking. Last words, brother. Hello? Hello? Yeah, bro. My my ear. All right. Any last words? And so goes another episode in DF and Universe. We went way over time for just one segment, almost 45 minutes. Uh, We're only supposed to be going one hour of black power thinking. So this debate had to continue again. This is the second of three to four. Um, discussions on the Great Compromise and the subsequent three com- three-fifths compromise, the right to vote that came for the ordinary white male citizen in 1828, somewhere in the 1820s, the right for women to vote in 1920, and the right for black people to vote that we should have got in 1870s, we didn't get until the 1960s with the Voting Rights Amendment due to the Civil Rights Movement. This discussion is going to 
continue for another episode. Some of you may like this great debate, and some of you may see it as a weakness to go back and forth. I think it's fun. We we will have to debate with our enemies, and so we practice on each other. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Peace. Hey guys, I almost missed you. It's Hipcuse History, and we're going to do a little bit of the teaching on the ethos. Are you ready for some three-fifths compromise? Because it's going to be on the exam. It's important vocabulary for an American government course, a U.S. history course, or the course of life. How do you like that? The three-fifths compromise, batter up. All right, guys, Philadelphia, baby. Hoot, hoot. Philly, 1787, we have the Constitutional Convention going on, and we are really, uh, at first, amending the Articles of Confederation, and eventually we toss that bad boy out and we start anew. And one of the compromises that occurs before the Three-Fifths Compromise is called the Great Compromise or the Connecticut Compromise. And of course, you've already learned that. This is what created a bicameral legislature, a House and a Senate. Remember, the Senate, two senators per state, and the small states are like, I love it! And then we have a House of Reps based on population. And the large states are like, I love it. And now we can get ready for the three-fifths compromise. Because in order to determine a state's representation for the House of Reps, we need to know their population. So the Constitution sets that every 10 years, we do what's called a census. So like, one, two, three, there are 100,000 people in Alabama. And what that does is it does two things. Number one, that population number allows us to determine the direct taxes that state's going to pay. But more importantly for our discussion of the three-fifths compromise, it determines the representation they get in the House of Representation. How many congressmen they are going to be able to send to Washington, D.C. to represent the interest of that state. And the um, controversy occurs not between small states and large states, but between southern states and northern states. And specifically on how do we count slaves. And the South wants it two ways. Number one, when it comes to counting slaves, they don't want to count them when it comes to direct taxes. They want to make sure that they are treated as property then. Because the more population have, the more the direct taxes you're going to pay, and that's going to hurt them. But when it comes to representation, suddenly the South lies, slaves are people. Slaves are people. Because the more pop-pop you get, the more rep rep you get, and the more power you get in Congress. And the North is like, hell no, slaves don't count. Slaves don't count because the more slaves, the more power, and we don't have any slaves. So at the end of the day, the fraction that you get, and I'm getting nauseous as I get ready to say the word, is the three-fifths fraction, compromise. For every five slaves, when we do the census, we're gonna count like this. One, two, three, four, three. Six, seven, eight, nine, six. For every five slaves, you get three people. And those people can be counted for your census, your population, and you can get representation off them. So the ironic part of this is that the South is going to get representation from their slaves so they can send that representation to Congress in order to keep their slaves slaves. Now, if we never had the three-fifths compromise, there's a good chance that a lot of American history would be different. Um, Thomas Jefferson probably wouldn't have won the election of 1800. The Indian Removal Act probably would not have happened. Andrew Jackson would not have been able to veto the National Bank. 
we probably would not have had our compromises that pushed the Civil War off for another 50 or 60 years. So the Three-Fifths Compromise is pretty darn important when it comes to understanding not only uh, the Constitution and the Convention and Compromise, but also really, I believe, sectionalism and the Civil War. So there it is, the Three-Fifths Compromise. We're going to say it again. For every five slaves, you get three people in the census. First, for direct taxation purposes, to determine how much taxes your state pays, but more importantly, to determine your pup pup for your rep rep for Congress, the House of Representation. Of course, the Three-Fifths Compromise is going to be bye-bye, baby, when it comes to the 13th Amendment. That's going to nullify and kind of scratch out the Three-Fifths Compromise. But now your brain's a little bit bigger than when you press play. So giddy up for that. Make sure that you check out other videos. We have over 200. Today we talk about the writing of the Constitution. In class today we talked about after Shays Rebellion, the Congress realized that the Articles of Confederation was way too weak. Now plan for government is it didn't really allow Congress enough power to even staff a bunch of Congress. So Congress, the representatives from all the 13 states realized that they need to make some type of change. So in this building, in this room, 55 representatives meet together from all the states. And they call this meeting the Philadelphia Convention or the Constitutional Convention. Now, what they're doing is they're discussing what to do with the Articles of Confederation. And after lots of discussion and some arguing, they finally decide they just need to throw it away and start all over. Now, with 55 representatives, you have to understand that there were a lot of different opinions from all the different representatives from all the different states. So some, you know, were saying like, okay, we need to make a weak national government so it doesn't take away from the state's rights or people's rights. Some people said, no, we need a strong national government. We tried the weak government thing with the Articles of Confederation and it didn't work. Some people were like, okay, big states should be the leaders of our country. Some other people were like, no, small states should have a fair shot and they should be treated fairly. Well, with all the opinions in the room, there was quite a bit of arguing going on. The biggest argument that the founding fathers, the 55 representatives from all the states had when trying to decide what the new government, the new plan of government should look like was how many representatives does each state get? Because remember, with more representatives equals more votes. And the more votes a state has, that means the more power the state has. So if your state had more representatives than another state, then you could vote for taxes and laws that would really help out your state but might hurt somebody else's state that doesn't have as many representatives. So more representatives means more power. So two plans were proposed. You have the New Jersey plan. The New, Jer New Jersey is a, a pretty small state. They proposed creating a three branches of government, and they believe that representation should be equal in all the states, no matter what size it is. Obviously, this plan is good for small states because it treats every state the same, no matter if you're a big state with lots of people or a small state with not very many people. The second plan that was proposed was the Virginia plan. Now, Virginia is a large state, but they also propose creating three branches of government. Where they're different is, 
is that they thought the number of representatives each state should get should be based on the number of people that are in that state, also known as the state's population. So what they're thinking is if you have a really big state with lots and lots of people, you should have more representatives. Obviously, this plan is good for large states. There was tons and tons of arguing about what to do until they finally came up with a compromise. This compromise that they came up with mixed the New Jersey plan and the Virginia plan together. And the name for this new plan was the Great Compromise. Now, in this new plan, the Great Compromise, they decided that three branches would be created, the legislative, executive, and judicial branches. And these branches would work together to run the national government and the country. And that constitution would be like their job description. So each one, each branch would have specific jobs that they could do, and they, could have, they would also have specific things that they cannot do. So think of the constitution as a job description for the government and for each branch of the government. So all three of these branches are working together to make sure that our country runs smoothly. Now, to solve that big argument over how many representatives each state should get, the Great Compromise uses both the New Jersey plan ideas and the Virginia plan ideas, and they mix those ideas together. So in the Great Compromise, Congress, our representatives and the legislative branch is split into two separate groups. They're both considered Congress, but they're in two different groups. One group is the Senate, and the other group is the House of Representatives. Now again, they're both Congress, but Congress is split into two groups. So here's how they figured out how many representatives each state should get. In the Senate, each state gets two senators. So this is the New Jersey plan, because it doesn't matter how big your state is, each state gets two representatives, just like here on the map. Now, in the House of Representatives, the number of representatives that each state gets is based on the state's population. So if you have more people in your state, you're going to get more representatives in the House of Representatives. So like on this map, you can see Texas has 32 representatives today. So in 2000, the year 2015, Texas has 32 representatives in the House of Representatives. And this is because there's lots of people living inside Texas. So in the Senate, you have an equal number of representatives, two for each state. And in the House of Representatives, you have the number of representatives is based on how many people are in your state. Both of these, the Senate and the House of Representatives, are both part of Congress. So in the end, everybody wins. The end.